Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have the triumphant return of Brian Nevison. He is a trainer based out of Philly. Um, we had a really great conversation. This was recorded on March 19th, which was the day after uh, the city officially shut down my gym here in Flagstaff, Arizona. So this whole conversation is based off of what we're going to try and do to pivot, how we're going to try and maintain the current clientele that we have and just kind of survive this whole thing. It was a really good conversation. I'm just going to jump right in. Without further ado, here we go. unemployed and just like drinking a lot of coffee you know <laughs> it's like yeah it's it's funny you mentioned that because i've i've been taking this opportunity to try to wean myself off a little bit um i had been bumping it up with like real early sessions late sessions and then i'm like okay let me wean off but it's an additional challenge because i'm usually more active and engaged with people right um, so spending more time on screens it's kind of like a yeah, my sleep schedule can be, I can sleep more, but you're, you're not getting the same type of like physical stimulus. So, right. It's really interesting. This whole thing is so bananas. And, you know, I'm trying to get as many uh, gym owners, massage therapists, physical therapists, chiropractors on the podcast as possible, because I feel like it's my duty to um, spread the word on how everybody else is handling this so we can have like a good idea of what we can start to do ourselves because there's a lot of people that are really devastated by this and just think that their whole job is over. And that's not the case. There's so much we can do and there's so much we can offer. And, you know, if this would have happened like 12 or 15 years ago, everybody would have been screwed. But we have the internet and the power of the internet you know, and so like the weird part is, and something that I'm really getting used to, um, is I'm teaching like online kin stretch classes from my living room. But (laughs) when I teach them in person, then I demonstrate the movement and then I talk people through the movement as I walk through and correct. Right. Yes. And so now I'm laying on the living room by myself doing this whole kin stretch class with everybody. And I'm doing like yesterday, I was doing sideline hip cars and I was like, okay, (laughs) (sighs) I'm exhausted. (sighs) (sighs) We're going to hold this position. (sighs) (laughs) Trying not to groan and like be winded and stay calm, but not being able to breathe and working really hard at the same time. It's exhausting. (laughs) It, Jesse, that's so funny, man. I've had the same observation. I've done a few classes so far and 
I'm like, man, we did like half kneeling hamstring pails rails and I did the entire thing with them. Now, you know, there's still opportunity to kind of look, take a break and kind of watch people. But yeah, for the most part, I'm doing the majority of of it with them. And I'm like, man, I don't usually do that. Um, Yeah. So it's, it's it's a different experience. It is like trying to try and like be like, because they're panicking and you're trying not to panic. You know what I mean? (laughs) So so like, you know, when you're doing the, uh, the sideline hip cars, and you're finally like reaching that foot back towards the wall behind you, you're squeezing your glute, you're reaching that ankle and that knee up at the ceiling at the same time, you're pushing that foot back. They're like, ah, and you're like, ah, and then you're, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but you still have to talk. It's terrible. So that's like something that I'm really kind of working on trying to figure out. It's, it does help with practice. So I've, I've done this like online mobility subscription that, you know, I've got a, a, decent amount of people in. It's not huge right now, but I have recorded a lot of videos and I think that has helped mm-hmm. because when I'm recording, I'm doing it along with them. It's like a follow along. So I follow, I, you know, I post it on YouTube. So I've had a decent amount of practice of like that exertion and that discomfort and trying to talk through it, yeah. but I don't love it because by the end I can tell my breathing has been totally off yeah. because I'm talking through this intense stuff. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, with the the state of the world right now, you're like, I'm breathing bad. Uh, do I have it? I don't know. And then you get all super paranoid, <laughs> you know, you're like freaking out. Ah, this is so hard. And then for, but you're still winded for like 20 to 30 minutes after, but that's because you were like operating at a deficit. Like you didn't exactly. have any of that oxygen going to your muscles or to your lungs because you're talking out and not breathing in the whole time. And like kin stretch takes, especially what I'm realizing online, it takes a lot more instruction than it does in person. And so, because you have to really be focused on each and every position. Yes. Now, have, have you had any like new people in or have you mostly had people that are familiar with it? Uh, so, mm, that's a, so right now it's pretty small. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm really, um, trying to operate locally. Um, yes. and if anybody that's on my face, you know, I'm Facebook friends, with a lot of people, and I'm just offering it for free right now because I feel like in this day and age, pretty schmucky trying to sell something when like pretty much a majority of everybody's out of a job for the most part right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, I'm gonna, you know, honestly, and you know, I honestly kind of feel kind of schmucky saying this, but it's like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's thing where you give, 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 and then ask. Right. And so that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm just giving as much information as I possibly can. And then eventually when this all kind of blows over, then I'll start being like, Hey, so this is what's going on. This is where we're, this is what we're transitioning into. This is what's happening now, you know? Right. And that, that totally makes sense too. I mean, you're, you're delivering, you're delivering excellent stuff right now. Um, right. So they know what you can offer. You've already given to them. So it's not like it's coming out of left field. If later on you're like, Hey, I have this stuff going on that you might like. Right. Um, and, and one thing I'm thinking of, so, um, so far I, you know, I did a couple free classes that I'm, I'm charging, but it's not, it's not very expensive. And my thought with that is, you know, it's a low price point. Some people who, you know, 
maybe it wasn't available to them if it wasn't online, and then trying to add value by follow-up emails, sending out free content as well. So that's similar focus on just trying to over-deliver as much as possible right now. Right. And it's so like this whole thing is so heavy duty and so crazy. And so like the fact that everybody's on the same page for the first time and God knows how long, like, and I'm talking globally, like it's so crazy and it's really is like just the, the impact of everything, you know, and it's, uh, you know, like we're both kind of in the same boat, like, cause you're starting this new business. And I like had a really hard time last year, uh, leaving the CrossFit gym, losing a lot of my clientele. And then, um, I started working, uh, as a part-time job with a company called Hypo2, which is a high altitude training center and they have massage therapists and chiropractors own it. And, um, so I've been working with like Olympic swimmers from like Brazil and Japan. And I've been working with like any, like the, the local collegiate track team and, you know, basketball players and all these different people. And I was like, finally, like, yes, I might double my income this year. And then in your stride, nothing, you know, now I'm just like, ah, okay. So (laughs) start (laughs) over. Don't want to check my bank account. Yep. (laughs) Oh, well, and you know, I think there's a lot of value, Jesse, with you, you know, bringing people on and trying to connect because similar to like, so I have a client who's um, a therapist Yeah. and she was talking about one of the biggest things for people just in terms of mental health is talking about things and being open. So people realize like, oh, like other people feel and think the way I do. And it's not so isolating. Right. So I think it's really important to get this out. Like, people are going through this. We're feeling this. I, I've felt something similar. You know, I'm, I'm about six months in to my new studio. Yeah. And fortunately, you know, I have enough savings that I should be able to work through this. Now, I won't have a whole lot of margin for error after, but, right. you know, it's, it's not fun thinking. I was thinking, yeah, like the first few months have gone better than I could have imagined, you know, and now it's like, well, we're just, we're hanging on, doing what we can, <laughs> trying to yeah. help other people as much as we can right and yeah it's just like the whole and like the problem is the whole thing is just everybody shrugging their shoulders being like i don't know like when (laughs) when do we get unprecedented i don't know like you know and like i said so everybody we everybody feels disconnected but i think like in this day and age we could be connected more than ever you know what i mean so like now like you know, I was doing a podcast probably once every month and a half, two months, maybe, um, you know, if I had a couple of days off, I'd get some people on there, but now it's like, man, I can reach out to all my friends and just have these hour long, amazing hour long conversations. Like we're essentially like having coffee together, but like you, yeah, uh, yeah. Like you, um, started your own business and you're rocking and all of that. So we just get pretty selfish with our time, which is totally fine. But then exactly. now I'm just like, oh man, I could talk to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody's doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> it it is amazing. I, I'm actually I'm gonna be talking to um on my podcast, um, Amir, uh Be yeah, the yeah. Best You Can Be. Yep. He's coming on tomorrow, so I'm I'm pumped. But and, and it is funny because starting your own business, you get, you know, stuck in the day to day. And naturally, I had another business owner um kind of give me some mentorship and she was explaining like I had to just apologize to people say like, Hey, I'm sorry. 
I'm going to be flaky. I'm not going to respond as much. That's just the nature of starting this business. Yeah. So this does give us a moment to kind of reflect and, and reach out to the people we care about most or that we otherwise wouldn't think to reach out to. Right. And Amir's a fun podcast, man. And he's like, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's funny because um, I've had a pe- I've had a few people on my podcast that have those names where you're like, I have to ask, I can't, there's no way. And so he's one of those people. And, you know, and I, sometimes I try to do some recon. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> he's been on other podcasts, but everybody else just gave up. They're just like, I'm just going to call you beard. And I'm like, no, just ask Let's him. Let's try the name. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I tried it and, you know, and he's like, no, it's Amir Zandanajad. And I'm like, oh, I could say that. Like, why, why did everybody just, just try? And then, uh, there's another, uh, kettlebell sport, uh, uh, person in San Diego, her name is Brittany Van Schravendyke, and I would have never have gotten that. There's no way, you know. Like, if I was at a coffee right. shop, I'd be like, Brittany, Brittany, uh, Brittany here. <laughs> you know, so like, yeah, <laughs> so it's good. It's it's uh, and these conversations are really fun, and I think they're they're very informative for people. They are well, and and just conversing in general with people you don't normally converse with is huge. I feel like that's, it's really, it can be very therapeutic, you know, where a lot of times, you know, I'll reach out to people that, you know, for example, you, you know, on Instagram and like there's, it's different sending text versus seeing someone face to face and having a real time conversation. It, it feels different. It means more. Uh, It's really valuable. Yeah. And so like I had a friend that I had a coffee date with next uh, Tuesday, I think. And she's like, I have to cancel. I'm like, not really. We just make coffee and get on FaceTime. Like, what are you talking about? Like, exactly. So like, we're not disconnected as much as everybody thinks we are, you know? And, and, uh, it's, God, it's so weird, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, I'm wandering around my house. like, I have so much time to do stuff. And I have a, I brought a kettlebell home and I have uh, two different size bands so I can do different types of loading with that kettlebell. And so like one of the things that I'm trying to do on Instagram is just show everybody, Hey, this is stuff you can do with minimal equipment and um, you can order this stuff from Amazon and you can get it delivered to your house. And it's really easy. And, um, but then every once in a while I'm like, Oh, this is really scary. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then I just go back to my stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, one thing that I'm thinking now is this, this could be a really good opportunity for, for a lot of people to get over the kind of all or none mentality of, right. you know, if people get busy or they can't make it to the gym or to their session, it tends to be, well, I'm just not going to work out or I'm not going to reschedule. And here, maybe that happens for the first few days until it's like, oh, we're going to be on lockdown for a while. Like I better figure out some strategies. So long-term, this could be pretty cool in the sense that people will start to develop strategies and that mindset of, I can still get it done. I can still take care of my physical, mental health in spite of non-ideal circumstances. Right. And as Dr. Andrea Ospina says, like, you know, we're not made to just cram a workout into an hour. So like, yes. <laughs> right. So yesterday I did like an upper body workout, like half kneeling shoulder press. I did some pushups. I did some uh, glute bridge presses. I did some rows, but I did it throughout the entire day. Like I didn't just, yeah. I was just walking in the living room and then I would do some reps and then I'd leave and then I'd go do other stuff. And then I'd come back and I'd do some more reps. You know what I mean? Like, you don't like, so we have like, 
you don't have to, but the, so we live in this world though, where the definition of fitness is skewed and it's skewed toward intensity all the time. So like, that's why all these CrossFitters, man, are freaking out. And I'm just like, you know, I don't know. You could run into your living room, do a hundred burpees as fast as you can, I guess, but that's kind of dumb. Like, why would you do that? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're right though. It, the, distributing this out um, and, and doing things over the course of the day is so valuable. I I'm really fortunate you know, I can, I'm in Philly and things are pretty nuts here. Um, yeah. We're not on like a full scale lockdown. Like some people, a few companies, people are going to work. We don't have like a curfew or anything yet, but that we're advised basically stay in your home unless you need to get anywhere essential. Right. Now my, my studio is like three blocks away and I routinely can walk there without even seeing another person. So it's kind of nice. I'm here and you know i can i'll have my laptop out i'll be doing some work i'll go over hit a few pull-ups do some yeah. carries come back answer a few emails so i can get into that kind of you know daily routine of just interspersing activity throughout right. work and i saw you do those hamstring hold pull-ups the other day and i was like <laughs> what a psycho why would anybody right? do that <laughs> exactly that's why and you're just, just, you're just it occurred like, to my brain. <laughs> I could not do it. I know. And I'm just like, well, he pulled it off, I guess, with 95 pounds, which is incredibly impressive. But also, <laughs> that guy, what the hell? <laughs> Why did you bring that to light? <laughs> I, and, and the big thing, I, I, I'm always interested when this happens because I hadn't tried it yet. And I, I filmed and I'm like, well, if, if, if all else fails, I'll have a really nice blooper reel. <laughs> yeah. And that's so funny that you've been posting those. I was thinking about posting some of mine. And uh, mine, my, blooper, my bloopers, especially when I'm trying to make videos, I just cuss like it's my job. So I probably don't want to put that out there because I'm just like, <laughs> so it's basically <laughs> like the arguments that I have with myself all the time, but out loud. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so like one of those things that I've been like, explaining to people is like you know what i've realized over the last couple of years like i got real fat and happy so then i was like well i'm gonna sign up for a 5k race and then that'll give me the drive because my stupid brain needs a goal in order to accomplish things like that and the arguments that i get with myself to just go running for a mile are so ridiculous <laughs> like it's insane and then there's this little voice that's like hey just put your shoes out and run out the door. And I just do it. Yeah. But the voices are just like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Freaking out. And Get panicking. back inside. <laughs> I know. And like if, the, if anybody heard that's, that argument out loud, they would call the cops on me for sure. You know what I mean? And it's just, I don't yeah. know. It's just well, crazy. It, it is. But you know, people do connect with that. I, I posted one thing of bloopers of I was filming a video and I was just so frustrated. I think I was a little sleep deprived. And I, I let out a few curses and, and I ended up after a while, I was like, you know, I'm just gonna post that. And yeah. people loved it. And part yeah. of it was it was this big like contrast to my typical persona. Right. <laughs> so I think as it's, it is vulnerable. And you're like, uh, are people just gonna like think I'm a crazy person? But there's some value to sharing it again people people yeah. can relate and we need some humor oh yeah and because everybody's flipping out and so like 
you know, we come home and we're just watching comedy reruns, you know, like we're watching, uh, you know, Kevin Hart and uh, Tom Segura and stuff on Netflix. <laughs> That's what we're binging because, Perfect. you know, one of the first days we watched World War Z and we're like, wow, Ooh, this is incredibly surreal. accurate and terrifying. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're just going to not do that anymore. <laughs> oh, man. You know, but then it's funny because then I started thinking about like the that movie Demolition Man, right? And it's really accurate because they don't touch each other they do the weird high five thing they don't have any toilet paper so they use the three seashells you know what i mean they do like virtual reality love making you know and you're just like this is weird is this weird it's (laughs) you know you're just watching this movie because it's ridiculous and you're like nah, it's pretty accurate why why is this weird (laughs) like right man it's well, it's what's what's crazy. I was I was actually talking to my mom earlier today and she was saying they were watching a, t- a TV show like Friends or something and people were hugging and kissing. And like already we've conditioned this like aversive response to that closeness, which is kind of nuts. Yeah. You know, it's been like it's already like, why are they doing that? Oh, yeah, it's a TV show. It's OK. It's a TV <laughs> show and it's like two decades old. You right. know what I mean? Like, what do we, yeah. And the, but we're just like, ah, they didn't wash their hands. <laughs> yeah. Do you see how many coffee cups she's touching? <laughs> like, <laughs> Unbelievable. They're, they're all, they're quarantined. <laughs> yeah. They're getting sick for sure. Like, don't go around your mom. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> so weird. God. And it's, it uh, yeah. So then, um, so are you, so you had like a lot of personal training clients, right? Are you kind of given, are you, yeah. what are you doing with them? Well, that, that has been interesting so far. So I, yeah, I, I had been, I had been up to between group and private training, you know, maybe close to 30 sessions uh, a week in addition to my online stuff. And a lot of them are, a number of them have been signing up for the online kin stretch classes. Um, a, a few of them have said, you know, I just, I don't want to do the private classes. We don't have enough room in our, our house or apartment. And it's just that, you know, they don't, I think maybe they, they also don't want to pay for, you know, a uh, FaceTime or zoom type session. Uh, But what I, one thing I've been doing is I've been sending out videos to them, you know, to my list of things that they can do to stay healthy, stay accountable I've got a couple spreadsheets for clients. So we're, we're communicating that way with what they should do on their own, but it has been a challenge. You know, I, I haven't deleted, like I have these recurring things on my Google, Google calendar and like, I'll get like, Oh, you know, appointment with Evan at 10 AM. I'm like, Oh, there's a, however much money I'm not making right now. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's funny because I'm working so much in so many different avenues to where, you know, I'm coaching, and um doing massages for myself and i'm doing massages for this company so it's like literally i'm working every day and so yeah. basically i just have that those go- those uh those alerts just telling me when to be somewhere I, yeah. like most of the time i don't even know what day it is i'm just like i <laughs> go to sleep i wake up i go to the gym because my phone tells me to you know what i mean so it gives right. me a, yeah it gives me a half hour heads up so that i just you know and you can get there. Yeah. So now I'm just like, oh, um, so <laughs> I guess it's time to write now. Cause that's like, like I said, that's one of the things that I'm going to start working on today is, uh, writing an ebook for a uh, massage therapist on how to integrate all of this knowledge that they know, because we 
as humans. So this is one of those things I really appreciated about the FRC course is uh, we as humans need borders for things. That's how our brains work. So we need to separate everything. But like Dr. Spina says, it's all the same stuff. It's all doing the same thing. Yeah. And so when people like when massage therapists learn about the nervous system, they only think about the nervous system. When they learn about inflammation, they only think about the inflammation. When they learn about muscles, they only think about the individual muscles. And so I'm writing a book, like teaching people how to integrate all this stuff so that they can start to figure out what's going on with their clients that are laying on the table instead of being frustrated that they can't get rid of their back pain or whatever it is. And so that's like, I think is really important. And I've heard more than a few colleagues like take a course and then just abandon all the information from it because it's just too scary or there's too much information or they're just too um, intimidated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm just like a a barbarian running through walls. I'm just like, I'm gonna try it. And then I'm like, shit, didn't work. Okay. I'll just go back to the old stuff. And you know, so, (laughs) (laughs) and so that's just how I learn. You know what I mean? So um, yeah. And that's a, that's a, a gift in the industry is to just figure it out. And so, uh, yeah. and give people peace of mind, like basically whatever you're doing, you're affecting them in some way. Like if you don't right. instruct this hip car, like Hunter Cook, are you doing a bad thing for them? No, you're still making them move that hip through a range of motion that they normally don't. And that's exactly. all that matters. And you're still giving their brain input and it's still going to respond accordingly. You know what I mean? It's still a novel stimulus. I I tell people all the time, you know, it's not about perfection. It's just, you do it, you hone it in over time, you learn, and that's what it's all about. Right. And so Um, like, and that's, uh, you know, my podcast is a perfect example of that. So like the first probably... 10 to 15 podcasts, I had like questions written out. And all this stuff. And then I just sounded like an asshole and an idiot. I didn't know, <laughs> you know, the, the conversations were really junky. And then I was yeah. just like, no, I'm just going to call us up. Just, what, let's just talk about stuff. So basically, like, I right. look at every, I look at every podcast now as just having coffee with somebody. You know what I mean? And uh, the last, you know, I still get people, you know, because like I said, I have, I'm, blessed with that gene just allows me to, oh, I'm just gonna try see what happens and and yeah. so you know there was one time I emailed Chris Duffin and then he actually said yes and I was like what uh, <laughs> what do I talk to this guy about <laughs> and so for the first like 10 to 15 minutes of the podcast it was really clunky because I felt like I needed a plan but then I realized really quickly that we really do have the same knowledge and the same education and then after that, we just started talking. It was way better. You know what I mean? Because, and, right. but it's still, it's okay to make mistakes. Like yesterday when I was doing my online uh, kin stretch class, like I was muted for the first 15 minutes and I'm like, shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I, was, man. I was talking about like pails and rails from the straddle position and all this stuff. And people were just like, I can't, I don't know what you're saying. And I'm like, Damn it. There's a lot of just instruction out the window, but then it took like a whole lot of effort for me to kind of keep going and not be defeated and then give them like an extra 15 minutes that I wasn't really planning. You know what I mean? And it was, yeah, but that's what these tests are for. So exactly, man. That's what, that's what helps us grow for sure. And 
Yeah. I mean, I remember talking a little bit last time I was on about, you know, you kind of jumping into the podcast, like, I'm just going to do it right. and see what happens. And like, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, if you try to make everything perfect before you act, you're never going to act. Right. Um, so it's, it's really valuable. And like that gene, like you said, of just <laughs> try things and it's huge. It's huge. Right. I'm sure that's a big part of what's led you to your success. Right. And so, um, your like your podcast is mainly just you like how many guests have you had um i've only had a couple either two or three and then um then amir will be the next one and uh yeah i started off i figured you know i i haven't reached out to a lot of people kind of kind of how how you have um i figured i would just share some things my initial idea was you know i share a lot of stories and a lot in emails to my email list and you know people seem to enjoy that. Uh, but the reality is people aren't going to read a full email most of the time. They might right. read some of it or if it catches their attention, but people do consume podcasts. I remember For reading sure. a few articles about the stats, like they will sit down and listen to an hour podcast if they are in the car or have something <laughs> to take their mind off of. Anything really, because like that's, you know, running, walking, like mm-hmm. cleaning the house, vacuuming, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's where I consume a lot of my content, you know? So I'm yeah. like, I'm like a 10 minute drive away from my gym and I have a puppy that has anxiety. And so I have to come home every two to three hours. So I'm driving back and forth from my house to the gym, like three or four times a day. You know what I mean? So that's like, right. that's like, you know, 40 to 80 minutes that I'm just driving around. And so it's funny because, you know, a majority of the people that I talk to, I'm just like, oh, I was listening to this podcast. And they're like, where are you? Because that's how you start every sentence. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to a lot of interesting stuff. You know what I mean? It's uh, because, you know, and then audiobooks too. That's audiobooks are actually hard for me because if the conversation doesn't change, then I'm just like, Ugh. okay, but like there's, there's a few that really get me, but then mm-hmm. it's also, well, it's the same with like reading books, right? So like if you read four chapters and they already got to the point, you're like, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? Like there's right. some, like, uh, like uh, Malcolm Gladwell's David and Goliath. Okay. You're overcoming mm-hmm. obstacles. I get it. Cool. Right. You don't out. need to like, like belabor that point over and over. <laughs> right. And which is what some books are, you know what I mean? So if that's what, is really going on then i just am like cool got it you know what i mean but i i pay for a monthly audible subscription and just every time one of those uh credits comes along i just get a book and listen to it and if i don't you know if i don't make it through the whole thing at least i got the point of it and then the rest of the time i'm just consuming all these different podcasts you know that's, I mean, it is a great way to consume. I, I hadn't really started listening to podcasts much until I thought, oh, maybe I should do one. I should probably listen to some. Yeah. And that my, my idea was, was basically like, yeah, hash out these emails that people are more likely to, to get, you know, all these ideas in my head. And it, it was weird because initially I'm like just sitting here talking to myself, I'm like, is anyone going to listen to this? Like, yeah. but it's that, well, whatever, I'm going to post it. I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And it's been a, a positive response. Right. And so uh, continuing the podcast is really interesting because then you start kind of comparing 
you're like, mm-hmm. oh shit. Well, how does that person have that many listens or whatever? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I think I'm, so you're going to be podcast number 68 and, um, you know, I've had roughly 10,000 people like download the podcast, you know? So it's yeah. like, and that's pretty prolific. Like yeah. I, I went to an education course back in November and somebody recognized my voice because they listened to my podcast. And I was like, what? <laughs> that so, is really cool. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because then I'm just like, oh, there is people listening. That's really fascinating. <laughs> it is. It's, it is. And so, um, I don't know. It's just a, it's a, God, we live in a weird world kind of like, it, you know, and all the stuff that we're capable of doing today, like I keep bringing this back is just bananas. I remember when my dad started his massage practice like 22 years ago, like he had to rent a credit card machine from the bank for like $350 a month. Wow. It's, I know. And you're just like, I just have this little square thing. I just, you know, right. They take <laughs> the percentage out and we're like upset about that. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's not even in a machine. I mean, it's not even a really big deal. You know what I mean? Like, right. And so when people give me a check nowadays, I'm like, what do I do with this? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and like, none of that was available. Like I said, we have like, you know, we just posting something on Instagram, we can reach like thousands of people, which is just crazy to me. Just it, almost instantaneous. It really is. Yeah. And so like in this, like during this whole season, and we'll talk about that in a second, during this whole mm-hmm. season, like if you can't figure out how to evolve your business during this, then you're just not trying in my opinion. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, I, I, I very highly value empathy and I think you're, you're definitely right about, you know, there, there has to be some way to evolve. It is tough, you know, for people that primarily are hands-on, you know, yeah. um, chiropractors, physical therapists, body workers, um, or, you know, whatever it may be where like they really rely on the hands-on. I, I think it can be especially tough. You know, yeah. I know for me, the fact that I've, I've done a lot of like recorded talking videos and stuff helps to translate and have a decent amount on YouTube. So we, the, the cool thing is we, we all do have an ability to adapt to this given the internet and technology, but yeah. there's certainly some professions that are really tough. Um, and, and of course like service industry, I mean, that's, that's a totally different ball game, but, right. um, but yeah, it's, it's forcing us all to grow for sure. Yeah. So like right now, like all the coffee shops in town, um, you, there's a couple of different tactics that people are doing. So like there's one coffee shop where you just call in your order and they just bring it out while you're sitting out in the parking lot. And then there's another one that just like they eliminated, eliminated all the tables and chairs and put pieces of tape six feet apart. And so you just wow. go and stand on that tape and wait to get your order. You know, um, uh, yeah, there's like a majority of these restaurants are now like doing curbside service or delivering, you know what I mean? And so that's probably going to continue indefinitely. Um, and yeah, the grocery store situation, what the hell? I didn't panic until I went to, <laughs> until I went to like Sam's club. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, uh, you know, I went to Sam's club and I was wandering around and I, um, you know, they had a bunch of really good stuff. Like I bought like three pounds of, of, um, really the word just skipped my head. Come on. 
It's like a barbecued beef. What is it? Okay. Uh, yeah. See, you can't think of it either. Um, <laughs> come on. It's uh, so they have. I can, I'll think of it in a second. Uh, so, and then I bought like pulled chicken and uh, carnitas and, um, you know, barbacoa and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, bought frozen veggies and I bought a bunch of rice. And, and then I see this guy walking with like four like Sam's Club or Costco size things of, of paper towels. And I was like, one of those lasts me like two years. Yeah. Like, what's your plan? You know what I mean? And then this little animal part of me kicked in where I was like, I'm bigger than you and I'm stronger than you and I'm taking one of those. Do you understand right. how this works now? And then I was like, oh no, you know what? I'm actually a responsible paper towel user, so I actually don't need those right now. So I'm right. just going to get out of here real quick, you know? Like, <laughs> but that was the first time where I was like, man, a majority of people are like barely holding it together out here. And that's when I really started to freak out. Kind of. It's, it's a strange time because there's so much good. There's so many people doing like really amazing things and being incredibly caring and compassionate. But these times do trigger that like animalistic response at times, even if we don't act on it. It's this, I've seen some videos of people fighting in grocery stores. And I, I actually saw a, um, a post from someone I know who's, at, who's in Arizona talking about like the anxiety of the grocery stores running out of stuff. And I had commented that I, you know, I think that will, that is okay. They'll restock because you guys, I think are a few days behind us in Philly as things started to shut down and, and got more serious, people emptied all the shelves of every, all the paper products, all the cleaning products, a lot of food. Um, but I went to the store a couple of days ago. I woke up at like 6 a.m., went as soon as they opened, um, and they were like fully stocked because, yeah. I mean, because now 90% of the people around here are stocked for like a year and a half. Like yeah. they don't need to go. <laughs> right. So the stores have recovered. <laughs> yeah. And so like the day the day that they like shut down Flagstaff effectively was, you know, I wanted just some hand sanitizer, some isopropyl alcohol. And I was like wondering, right. and I went to three different stores and I had a pretty good understanding that I probably wasn't going to find anything. But like the depressing part was just all these people walking around that were so exasperated and so defeated because there was literally nothing. And I'm just yeah. like, Oh my God. And, you know, but then on the flip side, there's just people like, oh, I have this case of whiskey. I'm good. And you're like, what? Dude? <laughs> Priorities, then, man. <laughs> I know. And then there was like other people that were like super upset because they didn't have a spe their specific brand of two liter soda. So they were <laughs> sitting there deliberating on which one to buy. And I'm like, this is so crazy. Like, the and then levels like, of it. Yeah, like all the meat was fully stocked, all the veggies were there, and I'm like, "What? Well, they don't have Coke. I don't. I don't drink Pepsi. I'm a Coke lady." And I'm like, "Oh, get over it." And so, you know, but <laughs> that's then, not a priority. <laughs> I know. And then our mayor uh, got on Facebook at like 8 p.m. and um, and like I was just down in the dumps, you know, and told us that we had to close down our gym, and just the anxiety just shot through the roof. And my wife is a nurse, so she had to go to bed because she had to wake work the next day. And I was just laying there and I could literally feel my heart beating in my brain. 
at like 150 beats per minute. And I was like, I might just go into the living room and hyperventilate for 15 minutes, you know, like just freaking out. But the next day I woke up and I was like, Oh, what a beautiful opportunity for me to work on all of this stuff that I've been putting off for a very long time, you know? And then like, what now, what are we doing? You know what I mean? So this is, what do people need? This is what they need right now. They don't need me begging for whatever they need me providing them with something because that was right. what, um, that was the sense that I got where, you know, if people are wandering around the grocery store, just throwing their arms up exasperated because there's nothing, then I have to give them something. And then, you know, one of the thing, one of the reasons why everybody's panicking is because of our just clear lack of leadership as far as government goes. And so like, if the government is lacking in leadership, then we need to be the leaders. And there's so like, I'm a leader in my gym, my members, I'm a leader in my local massage therapist community. So like, they're all reaching out to me, what do I do? I'm like, I don't know, but this is what I'm doing. And if that helps you find a direction, you know what I mean? People need, right? like if Donald Trump would have gotten on and like the first time all the toilet paper sold out, if he would have gone on and just be like, hey, let's not buy all the toilet paper, okay? Right. Then everybody would be like, oh, okay. But then he wait, like he was blowing it off for like three or four days until it was a, a problem. And then he's like, oh, right. this is a problem. And that's not what we need. You know, so, and then we have, and then we have this problem where, you know, this happened during a presidential election where everybody's hateful and divided anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is just super, like, what? Crazy timing. It is. Crazy timing. And, and one of the challenges is also not getting frustrated with other people's actions that we can't control, but that directly affect us. Like people who around here we're going out to bars and going out when like everything is closing down but the, the couple days where like bars were still open and but they were highly encouraged not to go and people are going and getting drunk and just like shoulder to shoulder in clubs and even now you know i i know a couple people that have just been like gallivanting around just like living it up and and it's like you realize that this is going to extend the time we're dealing with this. And, and actually the most selfish thing you can do if you want to get back to your lifestyle is the social distancing. Right. <laughs> because that's going to get us back quicker if everyone just complies. Um, right. So people, you know, saying, oh, so-and-so is selfish because they're going out and they're, you know, potentially spreading stuff. Well, if they think about it, they're actually just being dumb. You know, yeah. if they want what's best for themselves, they're going to go in their, in their house. <laughs> right. And so I read an article where like we are down like at least a hundred ER docs from all over the United States because they went to this uh, conference in New York city and you guys, you come on, like th- just stop it. Like th- <laughs> just, just let's, so when this is all over, it should feel like an overreaction because that was the purpose you know what i mean so we have to keep reminding all these dummies like this should feel this way right this should feel like an overreaction like we should yeah like we should come out of this and just be like yeah that's exactly how this should have worked out we did a good job right right and that's 
that's exactly right. I mean, I think that's, I've been trying to get that message across as much as possible and I could actually do a better job of it. I've been posting mostly goofy stuff, but yeah, yeah, pe- people need to take this seriously. And, and some people have either not been informed or just think, well, it's not going to happen to me, but that's the whole mindset that is going to screw us all over yeah. because you know, maybe you don't get sick or maybe you don't get symptoms or if you do, you recover fine, but it's not about you. It's right. about everyone. Yeah, let's, and you know, for me, I've got parents who are you know about to be seventy-eight and seventy, and it's it's scary. Yeah, like yeah. I'm probably not going to hang out with my dad for a few months, and that's yeah. fine. You know what I mean? Like because he has pre-existing conditions, he's seventy-five years old, and like so, don't hang out with him. It's like it's right. really it's really easy, but just there's these people that are just such stubborn assholes, and it's like we are no longer teenagers. We don't know everything. Stop it. Right. Like, let's go just hang out at your house. Just hang right. out. Like, and, but it's Unreal. Like, so if you have all this anxiety, then what a beautiful opportunity to address that. You know what I mean? Like, if you have so much anxiety that you can't sit in your house for a day, what a beautiful time to just sit with yourself and figure it all out and become a better person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I could not agree more with that. I mean, that's one of, the, I had a similar reaction with the gym of, you know, having to close this anxiety, but then this is a huge opportunity to work on things that I've been maybe putting off, make self-care a priority. Um, you know, for me, I, I had went through a couple different stints of working like 35 to 40 days in a row and, yeah. you know, with at least a couple sessions per day, plus a lot of other online stuff. And I would not have taken this time maybe until it was too late and I was burnt out without something forcing my hand that I I'm pretty confident saying that. So there are positives and right. realistically, of course, there's plenty of stuff to be anxious about, but it, it's a huge opportunity. It really right. is. And, uh, you know, so going back to the seasons thing, like when I first started my business, I was, you know, that was right when uh, Tony Robbins Netflix documentary came out. And so I watched that and I was really obsessed with that guy's message. And then, so I started listening to podcasts and everything I could get my hands on because that's just how my brain works. Like I need to be obsessed with this. And so, (laughs) so there was one podcast where he was like, what are the, um, what are the top five books that you recommend people read? And one of them was called the fourth turning. So I immediately went out and bought it and it was talking about this type of scenario within like the first three pages where, where there's going to be this global economic meltdown and it's going to happen no matter what, but this is how it works. And then we recover and then it's fine. And then, you know, so basically seasons like the, you know, winter, uh, spring, summer and fall, like that's, you know, we're, we went through basically 10 years of summer is what happened. And so yeah. now we just got plunged into winter and everybody's like, Oh right. shit. Like you know Game of I mean? Thrones. Right. And so basically, <laughs> right. Coming. right. And so basically it was like in the first like five pages and I shut that book and never picked it up again because I was like, no, that's terrifying. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> and then like, as we started creeping towards 2020, people started releasing this data like, Hey, this is, there's like these plagues that happen every hundred years. And I'm like, shit, why though? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, and so, 
uh, and then it happens and you're like, shut the front door. This can't be real. And it's just, it is though. And so it's just, it's, it's bananas how, you know, the world works and I'm just going to carry this on. So there's like a, I listened to this Jordan Peterson podcast a month ago, I think. And he was talking about how, you know, everybody's talking about like global warming and all this different stuff. And he said, for the first time in millions of years, humans are winning against nature. We're winning. And so <laughs> we need to embrace that. Like you just said, you walk to work. Like this is the first time in thousands of years where you can walk to work without the fear of an animal attacking you and killing you for dinner. You know what I mean? Like it's a big deal. That is pretty cool. You know, we we're winning. <laughs> Nature needs to be like, Hey, I'm still in charge here. I'm letting you win. You know they what I mean? Exert her force on us. Yeah. You're like a child. Flex. Yeah. You're like a child just punching my leg and I'm an adult <laughs> <laughs> and I will win. You know what I mean? Because like, and that's what I think people don't understand. Like the second the earth gets tired of us, it'll just shake us off. Like we're right, and recover. <laughs> yeah. We're nothing. I'm just going to unleash this volcano for a second <laughs> and block out the sun for a while, wait for all you to die. And then we'll be good. You know what I'm like? That's all <laughs> that has start to start over. Yeah. yeah. And right. We're, we're, I mean, we're not a hardy species. No. <laughs> <laughs> like we're, we're not going to be able to handle uh anything crazy that nature can throw at us i mean we have all this technology but look what look what has happened in the last few weeks i mean even knowing though we you know probably should have known more and taken more precautions even kind of seeing this coming somewhat in the last like two three weeks like <laughs> yeah it's crazy right imagine imagine this a uh, hundred years ago right and like i've been explaining to everybody like I feel like for the first like couple of weeks, I just felt like I was an extra in a movie and I was just like waiting for whatever to happen. And then like, and it was, you know, I saw a meme that had uh, John Luke Picard sitting in his captain chair and he's just saying damage report. And then somebody was like, this is how I feel every day when I wake up in the morning. And it's like, yeah, like, very accurate. <laughs> and it's literally day by day, hour by hour. And it's just changing so rapidly that you're just trying to figure it out, you know? And I've been saying to people like, like, we're really lucky that we made it this far. And we're literally just riding on the coat the coattails of people that are slightly smarter than we are, you know, like, yeah. A, thousand, a thousand years ago, there was one guy who was like, hey, what if we put up walls? <laughs> We're like, yeah, walls. But then how do we stay warm? And he's like, well, you just put the fire inside the walls, but then you put a little hole and let smoke go out. And they're like, what? That's pretty cool. Right? And then we just kept kind of going that way. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and now the majority of us are... In are incredibly dependent upon the scientists figuring yeah. this out. Like we are, we are hopeless. Yeah. And that's, that's where I think a lot of the anxiety comes in is that we don't have a set. I mean, all we can do is our, you know, affect this by staying to ourselves for now. Right. It's. And, and yeah. there was a Joe Rogan comedy special back in like 2010 and it might still be on Netflix and it's worth a watch. Cause it's really funny, but he's like, man, are we making sure that these people are procreating? 
because we need them pretty bad. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> cause you know what happens? You know what I do when the power goes out? I sit down and I wait for it to come back on. That's mm-hmm. my solution. So what happens a week later when the power doesn't come back on? You know what I mean? Like yeah. we need these people to figure this stuff out because this, we can go to caveman pretty quick, you know? Oh yeah. We need to understand that. Like, uh, yeah, all these, all these movies of like, you know, these apocalypses, <laughs> I mean, this is not that far outside of the realm of possibility. I think that's why they pop up because people create these stories and realize like, that's why they're so terrifying. Right. It's like we could imagine it happening and it wouldn't take that much more than what's going on now, not to paint a dark picture, but right. It's something that's possible. And yeah, and how long are we going to be sitting in the dark before we take action? <laughs> right. And so, you know, there's, uh, um, I remember this, uh, God, what class was it? I think it was, um, it was some college class, like sociology or something weird. And it was like, you know, when my teacher was just like wildly optimistic about this kind of scenario. He's like, don't you think that like in Phoenix, a community would just come together and, and start providing food for everybody else. I'm like, not at all. And he's like, why not? And I'm like, cause people like me will come and take that stuff from people like you, you know what I mean? And so the people like me have to prepare for the people that are more savage than I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those people like, and so maybe there's people like me that are a lot nicer that'll protect those people. But it's like, you have to understand like this society is so comfortable that it will literally eat itself. Like this mm-hmm. is so like the only way, like this is like the way that we're doing it right now is the only way that this, that we come out on top. You know what I mean? Because like, man, we, just... we have to come together. It can't, we can't allow it to continue getting worse. Fear is so pervasive and so powerful that is what that's what ends up driving people and if that drives people's behavior if things get worse yeah we're in big trouble <laughs> right and so that's where i was talking to you about like in the in the sam's club like the only reason i didn't attack that dude is because i have um a background in violence because i practiced martial arts for so long you know what i mean so then i understand the outcome of violence and i understand what happens there so and i understand that if i violently took that guy's paper towels then what i just said earlier about everybody just barely holding it together that whole place would have erupted you know what i mean and then i would have been the catalyst for that potentially you know so like (laughs) But if, you know, like you said, you see people that are fighting over toilet paper, they just don't understand how violence works. You know what I mean? And so that's why they're fighting people over toilet paper. And it's all fear-based, just like you said. And so I had, uh, there's a friend of mine, uh, Colleen Flaherty. She's a, um, she travels all over the world teaching CrossFit gyms how to coach pregnant women, both uh, pre- uh, during and afterwards. And, um, you know, they went on a European tour in, and started in Spain and three days later they were quarantined in Spain. And 
I was talking to them on Instagram live almost every day. And they said the difference between the news here and the news there is night and day. Like the news here just latched on and just created this insane amount of fear. Yeah. We were completely uninformed. Like I said, just our complete and total lack of leadership. And so nothing makes people more afraid than not having information. You know what I mean? And so that's one thing that Spain did better than us is they were just like, this is what's going on. This is what you need to do. This is pretty much our countdown until we quarantine. And so like the day before everybody was getting their last little bit of social interaction and then they complied and went and quarantined themselves. And now they're doing pretty much okay compared to the rest of the world. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. And America was like the exact opposite. Like we dropped the ball. Like it, it's like imagining you have a, you have a child that, you know, for their own safety, it's like, we're, we're going to just, you know, put you in your room, close the door until things calm down and give them the heads up in the morning. What that there, this is what it's going to happen in the evening versus 6 PM. You throw the child in their room and slam the door and just say, you got to stay in there for a while. Right. That's kind of what it is. It's well, not only that, but like react adversely. Right. But running up to them screaming and picking them up and then throwing them in the door and then slamming it shut and putting them and then running away outside the door. (laughs) Right. And then running away. And then they're just like, what the hell? When you, when you told them from like 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., everything's fine, everything's fine. Yeah, this is all bullshit. Nothing's going on. <laughs> it's, it's a hoax. There's, you don't have to go in your room. Like, don't worry. Right. And then, you know, like I try to stay away from anything political because of just that reason, you know. And uh, yeah. it's, it's uh, like <laughs> just the other day I watched a video where some lady was – providing some information i was just watching trump in the background i'm like this guy is such a cartoon he's so like just like his his constant weird facial expressions is just so i was just transfixed bizarre i know it's really bizarre like he's just like made out of he looks like one of those like 1980s like claymation characters just constantly Yes. weird and evolving Moving. and you're just like not quite natural movements that are sort right. of yeah and you're just <laughs> looking at his lips going how does he make that face with that like it's so <laughs> weird it's, <laughs> that's i had no idea what that lady was talking about because i was so mesmerized by how his face was just constantly changing just that is funny man i know and that's I mean, not even political that's just you know your observations of a, of a person <laughs> right but like um, you know man. like and, you know, going political now, like this is like, we are quickly, I think as a nation realizing that this current system isn't working. You know what I mean? Because like, yes, you know, one of the people that I, um, I plan on voting for is Tulsi Gabbard, because I, I love her. I love her message. I love the way that she's doing it. And I love that she's, uh, you know, a combat veteran. So she understands that aspect of everything. Uh, she's really articulate, really well-spoken. She's, um, I would just vote for her in a heartbeat, but she didn't fall into the standard um, political way of doing things where she's 100% crowdfunded. She's not accepting any donations from any corporations or anything. Wow. And so the, the, the party that she's with, I'm not even 
So I'm not even sure what party she's with because I don't care, you know, like, because it, yeah. doesn't, it really doesn't it matter. Be. Right. And so, um, but they just pretty much dismissed her and put her down at the bottom of the pile. And so now uh, we have like Joe Biden who can't even put a sentence together. We have Bernie Sanders, who's kind of our best hope. And then we have Donald Trump, which you're just like, really? And so, you know, and it's, 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 just, it's incredibly frustrating right. and, and, and realizing that, you know, what is actually going to change if someone gets into office, you know, because we're so split at this point, it's yeah. basically just a constant tug of war Yeah. that, you know, even if someone has ideals that you really connect with, what's going to happen when they get in there? Right. I mean, it, it, then you're right. This is, it's a broken system. Well, and it's a big competition, right? So like, yes, you know, so when they get in there, they're trying to undo everything that the previous president did and then try and do as much stuff that they can do so that the next president has to take more time undoing what they did so that they can do what they want. And so it's just this right. huge rigmarole that just doesn't make any sense. And then, you know, when the stock market crashed, they bailed them out immediately with like $1.5 trillion. And now their solution for the rest of America is we'll just give everybody a thousand dollars. And you're like, <laughs> so that's cool, how, man. that's how out of touch you are where you think that a thousand dollars is a lot of money. Like, yeah. That's not a lot of money. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? And so that's, so, so these, you gave a bunch of money to these people that have millions of dollars in the bank to where if they had to, they would never work again. Their kids would never work again. And their kids' kids would never work again. But like, so you gave them all the money. But the people who are just like, there's a lot of people in this town that are like, I might not open again. Right. Yeah. There's, it's scary. It's, yeah. it's really scary. You know, I know for me, like I said, fortunately, you know, as scary as it is and as, it might, as much as it might hurt the growth, you know, long, short term at least, I don't have employees. I don't rely on a huge amount of volume and that's unfortunate. But for other small businesses that have a bunch of employees that mean they need something, they need right. something. And, and that is essential to keep places afloat that are really important to America. Right. Like I'm really, I feel for the, the waitresses and the bartenders who have like made a career out of this, you know what I mean? And so yes. like, um, there's uh shit, man, that thought just flew right out of my head. What was I talking about? Mm, waitresses man no it's gone i don't know where it went <laughs> um, <laughs> money for businesses right so that's uh so but there's just understanding that that's how much stuff costs and understanding like you're renting your space right you don't own it yeah i don't own it I'm and so right so that's how they make their money you know what i mean and so if you right. can't right and so everybody's like well what if they kick me out I'm like, well, what's going to happen? You're not going to get anybody in there. Ex right, exactly. Right. And so like we're all, we're all just hitting the huge reset button. That's what everybody's yes. doing. And so one of the messages that I'm really trying to get out there that I think is really, really important is, you know, um, uh, as a massage therapist, my hourly price is 
largely based off of the insane amount of education that I've accumulated over the last couple of years and what my value is and what my value is compared to the current economic situation in the town that I live in. And what people understand is like you're, what they need to understand is, is as a massage therapist, you're going to start from the beginning. And so whatever price that you have now, whatever you think that you have now, you need to ego check yourself and understand that that is no longer going to be affordable when you come back. So the, Very true. the prices that you had set when you first started are what you should probably come back with because we have to rebuild our economy and you have to rebuild your business and you have to act accordingly. Like, right. People have less disposable income. You're what you're doing is still valuable, but it relatively speaking less so. Um, Yeah. Right. And so, you know, there was a, there was a myriad of different discussions that I had with my wife about, you know, um, potentially moving to a bigger city where there's more opportunity. Um, and, you know, then I started like really looking at it and, you know, the places that are desirable to live are wildly expensive places to live. And so obviously if you want to save money, if you want to get out of debt, like you have to live somewhere where nobody wants to live. Right. So like, mm-hmm. like Phoenix, Arizona is a place where nobody wants to live. And that's why it's so cheap to live there. And so Flagstaff is a very desirable place to live. And that's why a one bedroom, one bathroom apartment costs $1,400 a month. And so that's why it's laughable when the government's like, we're going to send you a thousand dollars. And you're like, cool. <laughs> Great. <laughs> like, that's what like is, 60% of my rent. <laughs> what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, and that's how out of touch everybody is. And that's why the system is so broken. So why is that apartment cost that much? Who made right. it that way? Like, why is that a thing? Like, yeah. you know, why, like, why? And so this is what America, like, needs to start asking themselves. Like, that's what, when people are charging rent, that's what we need to start asking. So why am I charging this much? Well, I'm charging this much because if I don't charge this much, then I can't make a living. Well, why can't you make a living? You know what I mean? You know <laughs> right, because you're paying however much for your living expenses. And right. why are they charging that much? Yeah. Right. And so it's like, this is a time where we need to shake the dust off as a nation and just start paying attention to this kind of stuff because it's bananas, man. Like it's like, you know, there was a couple months ago where I was looking around at this place that I live and I'm like, man, nobody's thriving. We're all just yeah. making it. You know what I mean? Like, right. And that's why this is so terrifying is because like, like initially the shutdown was two weeks, which I think is like wildly optimistic. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so, you know what I mean? And so, but the fact that everybody's like, man, I don't know if I can survive for two weeks. Really? That's a problem. You know what I mean? That's the biggest yeah. problem out of all of this is if we are shut down for two weeks and we can't survive, dude. That's a big deal. Right. We, we should have enough leeway in our living versus our living expenses and our system that two weeks doesn't destroy us. I mean, if that can't be built in, 
then we're not a functioning society. Like that's, and as you said, with, um, you know, people thriving, it's like this, we live in kind of like a, all this scarcity for the most part of right. why can't everybody be thriving or at least doing something between su- surviving and thriving, like somewhere where you're at least comfortable. Right. Um, and so like the obvious problem is the people that this $1.5 trillion bailed out. That's the obvious problem. They are the they. They are like, who's they? They're they. <laughs> they are. Like they're the ones that are just determining why it's so expensive. Why, like, why is, why is gas so expensive? Because those people are greedy assholes and they control how much gas costs. You know, like I remember like back when I was wildly unhealthy, by the way, like I could buy a pack of cigarettes, a, a 20 ounce soda and fill up my tank for less than 20 bucks. Yeah. Now 20 bucks is half a tank of gas. I'm not buying anything else. You know what I mean? Like, right. So, but why? Because they're making so much money. You know what I mean? And they're greedy assholes. And so like everybody, like that one bedroom, one bathroom apartment that I was describing earlier, that is a product of people understanding that that's how much they have to charge to get ahead. Barely. And not a lot. Barely. Right. Oh, I, and, and really for me, one of the reasons I'm probably going to be okay is I, we, we may have talked about this before last time. Um, when I moved back to Philly, I basically, I, I went to live with my family, my parents, and my brother, and I was like a live-in trainer. And right. so I, I helped them out. I helped my brother's not fully um, independent, yeah. a developmental disorder. So I, I help out with that. I train them. They come to my classes. Um, and I had recently been looking at potentially an apartment in the area and it's a fairly well-off area immediately outside Philly. But yeah, there's all these apartments going up. They're not filling. They're, you know, between 1600 and $4,000 a month for, and that's the cheapest for one bedroom or a studio. And I'm just like, I can't afford that. Yeah, and what are you doing? And you're a successful adult. Right. So thankfully I didn't pull the trigger because I, before all this happened, I was going to tour a couple apartments and consider maybe, you know, getting my own spot nearby. (laughs) Thank goodness I didn't because I'd be totally screwed now. Right. And like, I'd look at you, like when I, (laughs) it's so funny because when I look at your like Instagram feed, I'm like, wow, what a wildly successful person. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) You know, he is making a name for himself in this industry. He has his own studio. He's like really crushing it. He's like this, this, you know, just, he's just doing great. But then you're just like, I live with my parents. And you're like, oh, right. But then you start explaining it that way. And you're like, no, that makes sense. Like why, who the fuck can afford a $4,000 apartment? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, so then it's funny because there's like, you know, I look at places that are for rent, you know what I mean? Like all over town, like I'm looking at new gym spaces, like how could we upgrade? What can we do? You know what I mean? And and so the place that we're in right now, we're really lucky to be in. And it's about, it's about 1500 square feet and we're paying about 75 cents a square foot right now. And then there's a place like, like literally across the street in the complex that's across the street, that's charging a dollar 75 a square foot and it's been and it's been empty for like three years and so it's like well what's your plan 
So are you just losing money right now then? Like, right. And you said like all these apartment complexes are empty. So who owns them? Yeah. They're putting because, them up. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that building is money going out the window. So how much money does that person have? It's, how much it's disposable huge, income? Huge property developers. And it's, it's nuts. And, and for comparison, I'm paying probably like two twenty, two dollars and twenty cents per square foot. Right. Um, which, which makes sense a bit around here, but this is like the lowest I could find anywhere. Right. I had to do everything. Fortunately, I, I didn't demolition every, I didn't demo anything. Um, it's a hundred year old building. Right. So like this, is this is the only way I can, and I've been successful business wise. Like, you know, the business is making money. It's just, it doesn't leave me with a lot of disposable income. Right. Which is par for, for the, the course, area. man. And like I said, like, and like we are, we have that rent because we're not really in a desirable neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so, like I said, like that same spot that's like literally in the shopping center across the street, that's in the same neighborhood. Why are you charging mm -hmm. that much money? You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you go to the nicer places, like in town, like, Ooh, that'd be a good spot. How much is it? $3 and 50 cents a square foot. What crazy. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? And then, you know, there's like companies that I see where I'm just like, man, you got to sell a lot of cookies to afford that spot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, man. Yeah. There, there's some places in town here where I'm like, I mean, some spots that just like, it's a revolving door of different businesses because I'm like, I don't know how much volume you'd have to do to make, even just make rent. Right. Um, but yeah, it, again, why is this the case? It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's just gotten so out of control and we just have to really like, I think this is going to be really good because then eventually we're just going to be like, Oh, this is real dumb. But it's like one of those things where, you know, I had a client come in a couple of years ago. She had low back pain. I worked on her and she got up and she's like, well, my, now my back is numb. And I'm like, no. So I start touching around and she's like, no, I feel all that. And I'm like, so your back's not numb. It's just no longer in pain. Oh, you're not supposed to feel your back pain all the time. You know what I mean? Your, your brain shouldn't be constantly aware of your back. Right. That's not a normal human experience. Right. And so then, but this is like the, the, like humans are so resilient that we just get into this new norm where we're just paying so much money just to survive. It's just crazy. And so so much so that like we think that this two weeks off is going to be so incredibly damaging and like there's going to be a lot of businesses that fail and you know like and it's one of those things where you can't help but be pissed off at the government for bailing out the businesses that just can't possibly fail like mm -hmm. you know and like you're so you're bailing out these banks they can literally just invent money like money is this <laughs> weird thing that's just numbers you know what i mean and it is like weird. it is weird and so you know it's it's weird because like we just like oh the country's in this much debt you're like is it though why don't you just make more money <laughs> is that what we do <laughs> you know what i mean like it's so weird and like i'm not an economist so if you know and there's an economist listening that's telling me i'm full of shit please get on the podcast and educate me you know but it's, 
you know, because so I don't know. It's just bananas. It is, man. It is. There's hopefully, yeah, there, there is a lot of potential positive that can come from this. And, and it, it feels kind of crappy to say when there's so many people really, really, truly suffering at this point. Um, But I, I do believe there's a lot of positive that can come. And if we don't, if we don't cling on to hope and do what we can, like you are, like I am, like so many people are to reach out to other people, help people, um, then, then we just, we're going to have trouble healing. Yes. I think we all just need to do our part and, you know, be as compassionate as we can. Right, man. That was good. I think we should end it there. That was a good message. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. It's a, it's a pretty good spot. Yeah. 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 All right, my friend, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you too, Jesse. Thanks for reaching out, buddy. Absolutely. And we'll, uh, we'll uh, do a follow-up once this whole thing is over so we can start getting information on how we're going to recover from this. I think that's a great idea. All right, my friend. All right. You enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for talking to me. You too. You're welcome. Yeah.